Hey everybody, it's Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Cage, we discuss the reputation of the Diaz brothers, Nick and Nate. Will it hold up and why is it here in the first place? Also, is Whaley Zhang the best comeback fight for Joanna Yanjajic after the war they had last time around? The Diaz brothers. The analogy I'm going to use. Now, first off, let's back up a little bit. Nate Diaz supposed to fight Dustin Poirier. According to Dustin Poirier, <clears throat> he said, I signed the fight. It's ready to go. Just waiting on Nate. Nate tweets, uh, UFC's not interested, bro. So you suck. Charles Oliveira, you suck. You got to use that voice, by the way. You suck. You suck, too. Everybody sucks. War Diaz. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. It's kind of like that. Shot it down. <clears throat> And so Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, doesn't look like it's going to happen now, might not happen anytime soon, it's still on the shelf, etc., etc., etc. Kelly, during the production call, you said you were kind of monitoring, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Poirier said he agreed, but nothing was like on paper signed, but he had, had verbally agreed to it, um, that you were kind of moder- monitoring in a, in, a, in a curiosity sort of way the social media traffic about Nate Diaz's responses. Responses to Nate Diaz saying the fight's not going to happen, you suck. What was the feedback from your perspective? Literally, Nate Diaz can do no wrong. Everyone was, quote, tweeting it, like, 10-7, Nate, 10-8, Nate. Oh, like, yeah. Nate what? Diaz is such a badass. And I was like, Right, and I was like, are we reading the same thing? Like, Dustin Poirier just said he's 100% down to do this fight. You would think it's very much on the table for both guys, and Nate's the one shooting it down, but it's 10 8 Nate. Like, what? Yeah. I have said before that our brains tend to pattern and, and, and tend to like take a mental photograph of somebody. And whenever that image changes, our, we have trouble accepting it. We want to go back to the earlier photograph. I, I know that sounds complicated, but let me explain. Years ago, I was talking to somebody. And somehow Jack Nicholson came up and they said, wow, man, I saw this picture of Jack Nicholson and man, he just looks so old. And I go, he's effing 80 years old. Yeah, he looks old. He is old. And people, yeah, you know, but like, you know, it was in the guy that where I was talking to, they were like, yeah, you know, like, like, you know, a few good men. I'm like, that was in 1992. Chinatown was what coming up on 50 years ago. I go, yeah, he doesn't look like that anymore. He doesn't look like one floor of the cuckoo's nest. So we mentally, and I've used this analogy before, we have this mental idea of this is what Jack Nicholson looked like. And anything other than that looks old. We don't update it with current information about a person or whatever. Your tabloids love that. So-and-so looks terrible. Yeah, well, so-and-so's freaking 85 years old. Okay? So... Well, it's hilarious to me. Tabloids either say they look terrible, they're going to die, or look at all this plastic surgery. It's like one or the other. You can't get it right. So it's that kind of thing to me with the Diaz brothers. And that's what I want your opinions on. 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. You're still on this Diaz train, mostly Nate, but a little bit of Nick too, about they have this reputation of fighting anybody, anywhere, Bite down on your mouthpiece. They don't care. They'll take on anybody. It doesn't matter. F the politics. You know, they don't whine like everybody else. Folks, they don't take fights. Nate has turned down a million fights. We've seen it over and over and over again. He is almost the definition of, you know, the keyboard warrior that everybody makes fun of. 
where Dustin Poirier said, yeah, everybody talks tough on the internet, but when it's time to actually fight, they don't do it. That's exactly what Nate did. And yet he gets this pass from everybody because it's Nate. And, you know, the last time Nate had a, a relevant fight in his division, uh, I'll look, before I look it up, I'm going to try and think about it off the top of my head. Once again, relevant fight in his division. Uh, he's been fighting at 170 since. The Connor fight would have to be pre-Connor. Uh, and it's got to be relevant. I'm really, really stretching here. Um, Anthony Pettis, that was at 170. Michael Johnson, I know that was at 55. That wasn't particularly relevant. Gray Mate, Dos Anjos? KOB, am I right? Can you look it up? Is it Dos Anjos? Was his last like relevant fight at 155 pounds? That was seven years ago, eight years ago? Am I wrong? Rafael Dos Santos, it's got to be his last relevant fight at 155. Uh, it's looking correct from here. Seven years ago. Seven years ago, he fought at his actual weight class, 170. He's not 100. I mean, uh, 155. He's not 170 pounder. And I guess a relevant ranked guy was Rafael Dos Santos. He lost a unanimous decision. And by the way, he was five pounds overweight. Yeah, I remember that. He missed weight for that one. <clears throat> Pardon my cold. So, uh, he missed weight for that one. So, when you look at it, he gets the reputation as a fight anyone, anywhere kind of guy. Since then, that was, I'm looking at now, December 2014, he has fought seven times. Michael Johnson, Conor McGregor twice, Anthony Pettis, Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards. He's 3-3 three and three in those six fights. And he's averaging a fight a year since he took on Rafael Dos Santos and lost by unanimous decision. But he still has this reputation like he's this warrior who will fight anybody. And also remember, <clears throat> last year, Nate called out Dustin um, at, to fight at 185. That was what, about a year ago. Called him out on Twitter to fight at 185. I called it a pull-up fight. Oh, I'll, I'll fight you at, at 185. Look, he's ready to go now. And the idea is, oh, you suck. It was 185 pull-up. And it was him and, and uh, Dustin Poirier squaring off. So it's ridiculous. He calls out and calls out and calls out, but doesn't actually fight. And yet, he gets treated as though he is the toughest guy in MMA. That he never turns down fights, but they do it all the time. What is this contrast about? I know where it comes from a little bit, because they used to be really active at one point. The Diaz brothers, both Nick and Nate, used to be those guys. They used to constantly fight. They used to go, you know, go to war all the time, and it was it was it was great theater, they were great fights, etc. 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 He kind of did it all. They both did. But they haven't done that in years. It's it's like the excuses you make up for, you know, your friend who's dating the hot chick, and every time she does some, every time she does something dumb, it's not that she's dumb; it's that she's a free spirit, and that no, she's just dumb. She's just hot, so you make excuses. Same deal with guys. You know, everybody has that female friend who dates the hot guy who's does all these these dumb things. But the fact that they're attractive, they get an excuse every time. Kelly is right now nodding her head because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay? So, Dustin Poirier responded 
to Nate Diaz's challenge for about in February with, I'll fight you this month. Remember that? Hey, sure, I'll fight you this month. No problem. So Nate Diaz said, I'll fight DP in January. Don't be a scared little bitch this time, now or never. To which he responded, I'll fight you this month. Here we go. And then, according to uh, Dustin Poirier, he verbally agreed to the match. And here's Dust, uh, here's uh, Dustin talking about it. This is on Teddy Atlas's podcast. Here he is in his own words. I don't owe these guys nothing, man. I'm not biting my tongue. It is Nate Diaz. And, I and just you. like he got on Twitter. Listen, just like he got on Twitter. I'm not going to say what card. I'm not going to say a date or whatever. But he got on Twitter talking, you know, everybody's everybody's a tough guy. And this guy really fights, and I'm a fan of him, but everybody's a tough guy on the internet. He said something like, let's do it. I said, okay. I said, I'll fight you this month. I don't know if you saw that, Ken. I said, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll really fight you this month. Yeah, no, no. I Look, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Less than six weeks for sure. But I said yes. Now we're waiting on him. Ta-da. I said yes. Everything else is on you. It's on you, buddy. But it seems like fans always take the side of the Diaz brothers. KOB, first off, where does it come from? Where does this loyalty come from to you? I, for some reason, cannot hear you. I don't know if you have your mic off. I see you talking. See your lips. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. So... It really got started with Nate, I feel like. Just that attitude, the Stockton attitude, Stockton slap, all that. Always just seemed to march to the beat of his own drum. And we tend to love that in fighting. We love those right. like, kind of anti... We love anti-heroes. Like, people who seem like they're anti-establishment and everything. Like, So, the Diaz brothers always kind of had that run about them. Of, like, they seem to want to do their own thing. They'll basically tell the UFC to F off and just deal with whatever the UFC wants to do with them. Like, they had that going. But, like... It's what I love, though. I kind of like what we're talking about. Like, that tweet that Dustin Poirier was talking about, the exact quote from Nate Diaz, it is after Dustin had just lost, I'll fight DP in January. Don't be scared, little bitch, this time. Now or never. Dustin backed it up and said, yeah, I'll fight you this month. And I said he agreed to the fight. And Nate's doing the whole, like, nah, they say you suck. I'm not doing it. Like, he's the one who he put out the challenge. And Dustin actually said, yeah, I got you. Let's do it. Any other fighter would get reamed for this kind of behavior. Fans would be all over them. You're scared, da-da-da, you're running from them. All of it. All of it. They would get reamed. And the Diaz brothers just get a pass every freaking time. And as a fan, and as someone who you know covers the sport for a living, it's, it's incomprehensible to me. It's incomprehensible. I'll fight you in January. D- uh, Dustin Boyce says, sure. We'll fight in January. Apparently, verbally agreed to the match. The holdup was Nate. Nate says, well, UFC says we're not interested now because you suck. I find it hard to believe the UFC said we're not interested because he sucks. I find it hard to believe that he called them to make this fight or, you know, check up on it, whatever, you know, however you want to put it. And they went, no, he sucks. We're moving on from this fight. No way. No way. That, that's, that's comical that they would entertain that. So to me, it's, I don't know what the issue is, right? I'm not saying it's, it's money or something like this, but the issue is it's not going to happen. And it seems like as, it seems as though is it, it is on, it's on the Nate side of the transaction. Dustin Poirier verbally agreed to the bout and it's not happening apparently because of Nate or the UFC. 
but not because of Dustin Poirier. And Kelly, I know you're a comparatively recent fan of MMA. Do you get this this loyalty? Because I've been around long. I remember Diaz's debut, both of them. So I, I, I'm around. I remember when they would fight anyone anywhere, and, and they kind of earned this early on. I think a lot of that shine is gone. But I remember it. You don't. How do you see these kinds of things with the Diaz brothers? I kind of fall somewhere in the middle because I do really like both of the Diaz brothers. And like when Nick Diaz announced that he was going to be fighting, I was really excited whenever Nate is in fight talks. I get really excited because I like them and they're engaging. But I don't get the anytime, anywhere, any rules type of talk that goes on. Because like you said, it seems like... That, you know, yeah, logically, they don't. No, they and don't. Even, yeah. even when you do get them to the event, like Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, like he changed the weight class like two days before the fight. You and know what then I mean? Quit in the middle of the fight, right? <clears throat> like no other fighter gets away with that in the eyes of the fans. They were chanting Diaz. Now, I'm not saying a fighter shouldn't quit if they feel that they had enough. I, that's not what I'm saying. My point is the reaction of fans is usually unreasonable in that regard. They're seen as quit. I mean, Bilal Muhammad took a finger like what three inches deep in his eye, and it was always oh, a quitter. And then like, you know, Diaz just quit like in a fight that was what didn't look completely out of reach at all, and the fans give him a total pass. It's crazy to me. It's crazy, and a lot of it is to me personally that they have this way of spinning them not taking fights. As being anti-establishment. When other fighters would be labeled as scared. Because he hasn't been griping about money. It hasn't been, oh, I want these terms. And the UFC won't give them to me. I I would understand that. It's just no. And he's seen as more anti-establishment than anti-wanting to fight. And no other fighter, no other fighter would ever get that pass. And yet the Diaz brothers do. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Should we go from a fight that potentially is not happening right now? It might happen sometime in the near future in Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier. And we transition to a fight that looks like it's in the works that I think is very, very fan friendly. That is a rematch of a fight of the year, if not fight of the decade, if not fight of all time conversation. And I feel strongly about all those things. Um, Yoani and Jacek saying that she if she came back, would be interested in a fight with none other than Li Zhang. If you remember their first fight, it was an all-time great. So, uh, this is what Yuana Jicic had to say, and she was being interviewed by Sport.pl, which is a Polish sports um, uh, website. Everyone thinks I'm not in the UFC anymore. I am. I just dropped out of the rankings because I haven't fought for a dozen or so months, but I'm coming back and fighting. The number one contender, it will probably be Zhang Weili. I thought it might be Carla Esparza, but it's confirmed that she's the next fight for the championship. Somewhere there is Marina Rodriguez, who also fights Yan Xiaonan in March, and then it becomes Weili, uh, Zhang Weili. I don't see any other fight. 
just going for the belt. Dana made me an offer to fight for the championship, but I would have to wait until November, December, and I don't want that. I want to fight. So let's lay out some stones to walk on, okay? Some stepping stones for our discussion. That makes Kelly smile because she knows where I'm going here. She wants the belt. She said, I want the title. If I got a title shot, according to Dana White, I'd have to wait a while. I don't want to wait. Let's get it done. So she's fighting Zhang Weili. Uh, my thought on this is, if you want a title shot, this is the best way there. Immediately, this is the best way there. It was a war last time. Fans dug it. Fans would love a rematch. Uh, and if you're impressive and you get it done, in the matter we know you can get it done, let's say she beats Zhang Weili, then boom, she's right where she wants to be, a title contender, and here we are. But yeah, you know, Ioannia Jacek right back on top where she belongs, and she's in the title conversation at 115 pounds. Given the brutality of the first fight, in our production call, we had a, a good conversation about it. KOB, you think this might be too tough of a fight coming back, especially considering Ioannia Jacek's record over the past couple of years. Explain that to me. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, like, the fights she's been in... Wars. Wars. Wars, yes. And a lot of them that she was on the other side of, you know? Like, so, lost to Nami Yunus twice, rebounds over Tisha Torres, smoked by Valentina, another win against Michelle uh, Waterson, and then that war with Weili Zhang. You've been away for over a year. Like, I, come back you a little bit easy. Like, if I were her, I would actually wait for the Marina Rodriguez uh, Janan fight and just see who wins and take that person on. Cause that's probably the next like contender you would think beat that or go up against that person and try to get the, why got through, go, go through Whaley Zhang again? She already lost twice to Rose on Eunice. She's not getting a title shot again anytime soon. Like, so why take that one on? I just think it's go with now, some, someone, someone else instead of a person who you absolutely went to war with. And it was that, it was like a, a, a hair between you two as far as who won. All right, so so let me um, let, let, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. If she wants the title, she was uh, according to now. I'm taking her at her word here. Yuan and Jacek said they said you can fight for the title, but you gotta wait till November, December. So if she beats Zhang Weili, I think she is getting a title shot. If they offered her one already and said, yeah, but you'd have to wait a bit, then okay. If I beat uh, Zhang Weili, I'm I'm right back on top, right? That's what it seems like to me. That's what it seems like she's saying is, okay, well, they said uh, it would, it would, I, I need one more, and hey, it might as well be this one. So there is a title opportunity in her future should she beat Weili Zhang. I think it's just one. It's just a matter of, of, of who it is. And also, as you mentioned, Zhang Weili has lost her last two. So, and she went to war with Yuani and Jacek before that. So, She's not exactly on her A game. It might be a good time to take on Zhang Weili. As tough as she is, that might be the fight to make. What do you think of that? That, you know, taking on somebody who has lost her last two seems like she's in a, a, a better position to take advantage of Zhang Weili than she was the first time they fought. What do you think? Yeah, but if you're here's the deal. If if they're telling you they're gonna give you a title shot anyway in November. Right. I, I don't see why you just don't wait till November. Because you're probably not fighting till November anyway, you've taken another fight in between. Like I'm trying to look at the timing now. So you figure Carla Esparza is going to fight 
rose at some point in the next couple months. Maybe, yeah, maybe let's in say the spring. middle of the year. Let's say spring. Yeah, let's say spring, the spring. Yeah. So th- she's probably not fighting again until November or, or September earliest. You know, like, you got to figure that's going to be the time frame. So why not just sit? Now, if you want a fight in between to get you to the title fight, why would you take Whaley Zhang? Like, it's not like she looked bad in the Rose fight. Like, oh, she was very, that was, that was close. It wasn't like, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like she got KO'd again, like, out of nowhere in the first round. She fought a tough five round fight. Like, I, I just think, like, you're probably better off taking on the winner of, of Jean-Anne and, and, and Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I mean, neither one of them is easy, but, like, I just think, like, in terms of, like, what you know you're in for with Wei Li Zhang and, to, and then the other side of it, you need to take a fight in between. Why not just fight one of them before you go for the title? It just, I, it, I don't know. It just seems like a bad move. If you want to go all the way, sure. And you're 34 years old. Right, that's that's another thing I, I I think we're not looking at is Zhang Weili. I mean, uh, Rose, Yuani uh, Jacek. I can speak. Yuani Jacek is thirty four years old. She's not getting any younger. Um, when you have had whatever it is, twenty MMA fights, thirty kickboxing fights, she's been around for a long time. I don't think she has a lot of years left in MMA. Now that's not being you know. I don't have a crystal ball, okay, but but it's 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 really true uh, that she can't have very many years left. And when you look at it that way, that I only have a couple of years, this is really where I'm going to plant my flag, this is where I'm going to make my legacy as a fighter, beating Wei Li Zhang and then fighting for a title and maybe winning it, that's pretty much the best ending you could ask for. Is it tough? Yes, it is. Are any of those fights gimmies? No, they are not. But the idea that this is how I want to end my career in the best way and, and, and this is how it's lined up for me, that's a fairy book, a, a fairy fairy tale ending to this to her career. If she beat Zhang Weili and then became champion again. Wouldn't surprise me if she retired with the belt. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, here's my, my flip side question. And I'm going to ask you, Kelly, because you haven't been, been in this as long as we have. Kelly... When you see a fight like Yuani and Jaychik uh, versus Wei Li Zhang, do you want to see that fight again? Yes. That's my favorite was, fight I've ever seen. It, it's amazing, right? It's amazing. The brutality of that fight was incredible. At the end, Yuani and Jaychik looked like an alien. Her, her face was swollen. Her head was swollen. It was, it was, it was, it was insane. Wei Li Zhang took punches that would drop anybody in that division. So it's also the bravery and the, 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 the confidence in yourself to say, I want to walk through that fire again because I want it. Going through a fight like that, you're lucky to survive it. And I'm not exaggerating here. You're lucky to survive a fight like that, let alone get back in there and go, yeah, I want another shot at, at Zhang Weili. I want to take her on again. That's saying a lot. That's, she's projecting confidence that is really stunning, being willing to go back in there. Because I'm telling you, having seen fights like that before in boxing and MMA, they can take years off your career. They can end your career. They can end your career. And the idea that, that she's coming back and willingly calling out that name, I think psychologically, is making a big statement. I am unafraid. I'll take her out. It doesn't matter to me how bad that fight was. And how difficult that fight was doesn't bother me. That's what she's saying. And that's an important statement to make if you want to be champ again. 
I'm not shying away from the big challenge. So all those things put together, I like the call out. I hope the fight happens. I will be watching, once again, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. And I can't wait for it. So I think it's a good call out. We'll see what happens. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. And SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.